One of our favorite foods in the news again, um, and that is olive oil. This time, because of something that I think I've mentioned on here before, which is that a lot of olive oil is actually not olive oil. I think there was an early episode because there was a shortage or something. Right. So there has we've covered the shortages and the prices rising and the organized crime thefts of olives, including like whole olive trees where people right. were like cutting them down and stealing them. Yes. But there's also an uptick in um, olive oil fraud, which is a really big issue in Europe, has not been so much in the U.S., but... Um, you know, they're saying they're going to ramp up random testing of stuff that's on U.S. shelves to try and catch fraud. Because obviously, if you can mix like a little bit of olive oil um, or some olive byproducts to make something taste like olive oil and then like mix it with canola oil, that's way cheaper than selling real deal olive oil. So that is a very lucrative business if you want to get into olive oil fraud. Um, and and by, the, by the way. The fact that olive oil for like a, you know, I don't know, a, a quart or whatever it comes in is between $3 and $18 tells you that... Something's wrong with the $3 one. That the octane levels are different. Yeah, because something has to be off. Um, so I found this one article talking about the, um, the criminal enterprises, especially in Europe, uh, that are trying to sell fake olive oil using sunflower canola or even lamp oil How lamp late, oil in late november like, uh, like kerosene i guess so i mean the thing is that obviously like canola oil even is basically an industrial byproduct it's right. not really food canola R oil right it's corn right is it no corn oh, is oil it? is corn it's rapeseed oil <laughs> doesn't seem but like it's it literally used. It's literally used in industrial applications. Um, that's what your mayo's made of. Really? Yes, mayo is all made of canola oil, unless you buy one of the specialty ones, the avocado oil. You're kidding me? Yes. I mean, I mean my mayo's fake. You. Well, mayo is generally made of canola oil because it's very neutral in flavor. It doesn't taste like food because it's not. And wow. then they add like the vinegar and the egg, and but it's the, it's really like the canola oil that makes it. Not good. Wow, this is startling. <laughs> it's startling? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know this? No, I thought mayo was egg and vinegar and pretty much and oil. Wh whipped up. I didn't know that, no. It makes sense because once it gets to like room temperature or worse, it turns into oil. Right, because it separates because it has oil. Hellman's mayonnaise is not a real food? Well, it's made of canola oil. That's why when we were like on Awaken 180, they talk about healthy fats and they make you buy special different mayos. Jeez, this is, this is off-putting. I hate to tell you. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Wow. Um, but anyway, canola oil obviously is much cheaper than other oil as well. Um, so this is why criminals are doing it. In late November, authorities in Spain and Italy working with the EU's Europol law enforcement agency arrested 11 people tied to one criminal gang sequestering 12 barrels containing 260,000 liters of adulterated non-virgin or extra virgin olive oil. They also seized an additional 5,200 liters of market-ready quality oil that had been ready for export. The authorities said it was unfit for consumption despite false labeling that the 
oil was 100% Italian or Spanish olive oil. Wow. Authorities also found 91,000 euros in cash, four high-end vehicles, falsified labels, and paperwork that stated the oil was Spanish and Italian grown when sample tests revealed it was made by mixing olive oil byproducts with other types of oil. So because the prices have gone way up, this has made it like so much more lucrative to do these criminal enterprises where they're selling fake olive oil. Yeah, well, that makes sense. It mm-hmm. makes sense. So they're diluting it and giving us fraudulent stuff. I, I, like I said, it, when I think about the olive oil aisle and olive oil and, you know, weirded big into avocado oil. Right. I know I'm being had. And I know that extra virgin olive oil may not be extra virgin olive oil and some may be Greek and some may be, I know that there's a lot of trickery going on in that aisle. But the desire to have olive oil be a healthy thing supersedes the reality because it feels like it should be. I mean, there's nothing like better than cooking a white pasta and splashing in a, a, a cup of olive oil. It just seems right. It right. feels and, right. But there actually is a difference and you can kind of intuitively tell what it is when you think about all of our avocado oil because you can see how they would make oil out of an avocado or an olive. Right. Whereas like a sunflower seed, it's a little harder or like a rape seed or whatever. Those things are, it's a more processed product. I guess so. I mean, I don't know That's what rape seed, seed is. What is rape seed? Is it's that a, real- a type of seed. This is why seed oils are like a thing on like right wing body, like health and fitness Twitter. But they're, you're saying they're fake. Seed oils, yeah, are bad. It's considered a bad thing to eat seed oils. Okay. Generally speaking. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's off-putting. I'm sorry to be... So is the stuff that we have downstairs, is that real or fake? I mean, I don't know. You wouldn't know unless you got it tested, whether it's real or fake. Well, I hope somebody's testing it out there. I assume they're not. I would assume not. Speaking of mayo... Yes. Is there any actress more mayo than Reese Witherspoon? Um, I guess not. She's just the essence of mayo. Is it safe to eat snow? Jenna Bush Hager in Hoda Kotb back up Reese Witherspoon in an online debate. Hoda Kotb and Jenna Bush Hager say Reese Witherspoon's snowstorm hack is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to ingredients. During a ju- uh, January 22 segment on today, the two women discussed Witherspoon's latest snow-utilizing recipe, which has caused debate online about whether it's safe to eat snow. Um, ew. On January 19th, the Legally Blonde actor shared a video of herself consuming snow after she fashioned it into a chocolate drink. In the video, Witherspoon captured herself gathering snow outside her house in large cups. After that, she added salted caramel sauce and chocolate syrup over the snowflakes and mixed it with cold-brewed coffee. Oh my gosh, she said, this is so good. Okay, so we got a ton of snow over the past few days. We decided to make a recipe. And we added salted caramel syrup and some chocolate syrup, just because we like how they taste together. And we put it on top. And then we decided to add some cold brew just to have a yummy coffee flavor. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Okay, I know what to call it. A salted, snowy 
cappuccino. <laughs> okay, so our daughter has become a snow eating enthusiast as well. Yeah, I think it must be trendy or something. Right. And, you know, she has actually gotten snow outside on the patio. And, and I've, in my mind, like, you don't get snow from anywhere where the dog goes. Oh, yeah, no. But she has, in that general area, gotten snow from out there. Or near buildings where there's all the, like, gross runoff from the house. I mean, even... We have a house that has, in the past, had lead paint. And even though the outside of our house doesn't have lead paint anymore, like, I still wouldn't, because there's all kinds of industrial runoff there. I just don't like well, that Well, I mean, idea you'd think that if accumulated snow, the top bit of it wouldn't have lead paint, rat, lead paint, rat poisoning, gasoline, or any of those things that come, in, come, come I mean, around. yeah, but I'd be as far as possible from anything that could remotely contaminate it yes i'd so be instance, like out in the virgin snow as far as possible from the house yes and and like if we were up in vermont for instance that snow near the river might be more you know amenable to eating that said as a kid you know of course we ate snow and snow was all over your face always etc mm -hmm. i think the idea of the coffee poured into snow the cold coffee i mean it all looks delicious and right. yummy but I've heard of maple syrup on snow. That's like a thing. That was a thing, yeah, in Vermont. Well, it's it's really it's really bottom of the barrel. I think I think that people have this, and this is like the whole reason around. It's a, it, the entire reason behind the way food is marketed is that people have this idea that purity, especially women, that purity, but not just mm -hmm. women, like Joe Rogan, is is um to be desired yes that's the pinnacle so uh you know the way they like if you look at reese with a spoon's kitchen it's obviously the look and feel is perfect clean generic comfortable antiseptic pure and the snow seems pure and cold brewed virgin this, if you will like the olive oil exactly as a matter of fact look at the olive oil not only does it have the word virgin in it which you know guys see from ten thousand miles away <laughs> but look at all of the uh bottles are elegant olive oil mm -hmm. bottles are generally elegant or they're in like petrol tins but which are in their own way yeah it's trying for like this apothecary euro look oh totally totally and i think people just go for that and that's the that's the um the the draw for that and the same thing with like himalayan sea salt which we use mm -hmm. like it's pink they they dress up the the jars so that you can right. see the sea salt you know we've got, we've also got a the normal cylinder thing of like white salt downstairs and there's nothing fancy about that like it's not made to seem elegant in any way but mm -hmm. the look and feel and that's like a total that's a total chick thing because the look and feel of a woman's bathroom. Colorful stuff, fluffy, comfortable, feminine, soft. I love it. I, and it's like women have this natural flair for making surroundings like that. But I think that definitely like a whole food strategy is half marketing to women. Half in, in Trader Joe's too. Right. It's a more elegant process. Sure, you're getting like processed, frozen foods, etc. But look at them. They look good. The $5 bottles of quaint wine. Well, they used to be $5 20 years ago. I assume they're $18 mm -hmm. now. Quaint wines. You know, they're, you know, each wine has a story behind it. You know, so it's not it's not as if there's just a just a boxed way to get drunk. No, 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 no. It's got a story behind it. Mm -hmm. the way I knew people who were so upset when Amazon bought Whole Foods, too. Oh, of course. 
because it was like to them the absolute opposite. Whole Foods was like nice and fluffy yes. and the good company and Amazon is like the evil empire that was going to ruin it. Well, right. And that's the same way with these like like Eataly in Boston, mm-hmm. right? If you, Even if that's still open. Or that other place that's near um, uh, Haymarket. It's got all the like a fresh a sushi bar and and a, a biscuit bar and into sake bar and in like all these little designer things it's a place where last year i got a i got some raw fish i was trying to do awaken i never ended up eating it um but it's so antiseptic and it's good feeling Mm -hmm. and i think that that's like that's a huge thing and that's why also it brings up an elitism in people too because these same people who love all of these um like all of these designer bottles and the look and feel of of certain products at the same time look at like um Super Bowl Sunday comfort foods in in um in um in crock pots as like totally trashy right like y- your meatballs with like with uh jelly and coca-cola whatever as as the other thing comfort foods ugh. doesn't the look and feel isn't good yeah, or like heaven forbid you have a taco night like the Shattuck's do like every week where you're just buying the taco packet and the shells that come in the yellow box and the whole thing and not doing like fancy soft tacos with right. shredded Street cabbage tacos and like, yeah. Right, with a homemade, homemade moly sauce, whatever. And by the way, like the record show that I don't care who you are and how ashamed you are of your uh, roots or whatever. The Ortega Taco Night experience is an A+. <laughs> it's great. It's one of the best things on earth. Yes. But yeah, but people are very, very driven by this stuff, which is why like TikTok food influencers have become so huge, which is why people are running each other down and stealing for Stanley Cups. You sent us the story of the woman who was arrested for stealing 65 Stanley Cups or $2,500. Right. Which is, I mean, insanity. Well, yeah. Like that's... Nobody wants Stanley Cups that bad. I mean, presumably this person is reselling them, but still, it's like you don't actually like need a Stanley Cup that badly. No. Nobody does. It it's an insane trend, but you know, it makes people happy. So but there's a huge I mean, the food industry is dedicated to trying to find the next thing to make everybody be into. Right, so this is one article I was reading about this. Food industry searches for the next pumpkin spice. Looking ahead to fall, retailers will need to keep a close eye on a seasonal favorite that may be due for a re-examination. We've definitely seen pumpkin spice peaking, and now operators are looking for other unique flavors to differentiate themselves. Pumpkin spice will still have a place for years, but look for fruit flavors and compound flavors to keep the seasonal menu exciting. Apple pie spice is a good candidate to challenge pumpkin spice in 2024, said Susie Badaracco, president of Culinary Tides, Inc. On the fruit side, new flavors that enter the market um, will continue to be big in 2024. You see consumers asking friends and family if they've tried a new apple variety or sweet grape variety that they just tried for the first time. It's keeping the category exciting. You've had, and I, these are a couple years old, but uh, I don't know if we've talked about them on this show, but you were blown away when you tried the cotton candy grapes. Oh my goodness. That was amazing. <laughs> Who knew you could make a grape taste good? That was amazing. They're expensive, though. But how did they get like that? Are they? They bred them to be like really. That. Yeah. So like a Monsanto or something does it? No, they did it. I mean, I don't know. How if do it they was breed Monsanto, something with cotton candy? 
They didn't How do you force those with, things to make love? They didn't breed it with cotton candy. They just like bred more and more sugary grape varieties until they created that. I'm pretty sure. Um, the use of tropical fruit, fruit flavors has also been growing, particularly in food service with flavors like passion fruit, tamarind, and dragon fruit showing up in more recipes. We fed our kids a star fruit the other day, which you hadn't had. No. It was fine. It was kind of like a giant grape, I, I think. Pickle-flavored foods have been hot for a while. Don't expect Overrated. that to change Including in the fried pickle thing. It's, I mean, you can f- deep fry anything and it's good. Fried pickles. There's the pickleback shots, like cocktail thing. Oh, yeah, I see that. Juice. I see that. It was making me angry. And people say it tastes like a like a McDonald's cheeseburger, kind of. Mm. So, but yeah, I mean, people like that. But um, there was another one I was reading about um, trendy food flavors. Kerry uh, has released its 2024 taste charts, a world of future taste to the global food and beverage community. A culmination of Kerry's year-long research, the series of charts was created separately for 13 individual regional markets. The chart lists mainstream, key, up-and-coming, and emerging tastes across food and beverage categories. Um, two long popular flavors uh, are merging orange and chocolate. These mainstream ingredients... Uh. I mean, orange and chocolate together isn't new. My family's into those like chocolate oranges that fall into slices. I get them at the British import store, but they're really good. Um, but that's not new. Other top innovations include yuzu gaining traction. Once again, if you shop at Asian supermarkets, yuzu not really new to me. Um, but you can, they're saying that they're finding them in savory and salty snacks to beverages like low ABV wines and alcoholic beverages. Uh, cheese flavors becoming more popular, like aged vintage cheddar and blue cheese, while premium savory flavors like truffle and black garlic are emerging. Have you heard about black garlic? I feel like everywhere I no. look, I see black garlic. No, I've never heard of it. It's like specially aged garlic. You can make it at home. There's recipes online. You can make it. It has to be in your slow cooker on warm for like a week. Oh, okay. Mm. But it turns it black and they like make black garlic infused oils and it apparently gives it like a different flavor profile and different health benefits. But now that I've said it to you, you'll start seeing it everywhere because everywhere I look, I hear about black garlic mm. or black garlic oil. You know, it's funny that, that that is one of the most underutilized things. Like I noticed in our fridge right now, I don't know how old it is, but there's a bunch of garlic. They're garlic cloves, but they're they've been like. Pro, like manu- they're already cut, peeled, peeled, whole peeled garlic cloves. I buy them all the time because they're super inexpensive. Yeah, and, and also the, the, so the winner that. of just of roasting garlic and having mm-hmm. that around—that's absolutely perfection. Yeah, roasted garlic is more. amazing. Yeah, well, every time we have one of those, like we should do that before it goes bad. Totally, we do waste them a lot. Um, but yeah, black garlic is big. They mention it again further down. Coffee infused with black garlic, chocolate bars with oh, wasabi. Come on, leave coffee alone. Bacon milkshakes. They're doing the sweet it's and savory trend. We covered we covered swicey. We covered swicey mm. on this show in the past. Speaking of swicey, um have you heard of Stewart's shops? Stewart's, I don't think so. So they're a convenience store chain that's like in the Albany, Saratoga Springs, New York kind of area. Um, So maybe we should bring this up uh, with your friend VB. He'd be a good guest for this show as well. Um, But they are coming out with uh, their limited edition civility ice cream flavor. 
This is their press release. Stewart's Shops wants to start 2024 in a happier, friendlier, and more respectful direction by introducing buy one, get one free civility ice cream cones. In a world of extremes and uncertainty, Stewart's believes a scoop of civility ice cream can bring people together. One of life's sweetest treats is is that nice people make people nicer. Stewart's brought back the limited edition creamy vanilla civility ice cream with salty caramel swirl and absolutely no nuts. Get it? To encourage everyone to take a moment to enjoy the sweeter things in life. Civility ice cream is a great opportunity to share a scoop or a comb with a friend or maybe even the customer who just entered the shop in front of you. Special buy one, get one free single scoop civility ice cream cone can be shared with anyone. The special runs January 22 to February 4. We brought back civility ice cream as a reminder that we may think differently, but we can (laughs) still respect each other and maybe even share a scoop or a smile, said Stewart's Shops President Gary Drake. Let's talk in November. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see who's brought together and who can't figure out how to share their civility ice cream. Yes. Okay. Um, End of an era, Alice, by the way. And I want to know where you are on this. Okay. Aban Pan and South Station closes, reportedly the last Boston location of the chain cafe chain. Chain started in 1979 and 78, but the last several years, Aban Pan's many locations and reason have shuttered. Um, and so, like, that's it. And I... Obviously, I I've never been a big South Station person. Oh yeah, I but Auburn was, was all over the North place. Shore. But I spent time certainly in the Harvard Square one. Right, right. And your thoughts on it? I mean, I liked it. It was what it was at the time. I would think Panera would be the next closest thing, kind of. I'm surprised that Auburn Pan is closed. It's a good alternative. Uh, the coffee was good, the but it's line, sort of of an era now. I guess so, but. Like, I don't get the Panera thing. It doesn't work on me. I don't understand why people want to always, like, use apps or have choices and you have to check your bag for stuff. But yeah, I'd get the chocolate croissant. A, yeah, yeah, that, that is a winner, actually, the chocolate croissant. There is something else I used to get there, some kind of lunchy food there. Um, but, um, but, yeah, it is too bad. It is too bad. It was nice to have a choice. That said, I, I'm not even sure what breakfast trends are. Um anymore because i think people people switch on breakfast throughout their lives i also think people don't do as many heavy baked goods yeah and certainly not the more upscale people do as many heavy baked goods you know i think the dunkin donuts crowd is still doing donuts and munchkins and stuff yes but i think the what was the obon pan crowd now doesn't do that yeah, uh, although it's it is kind of too bad in a sense. You know, it's nice to have, but maybe it's just like yeah, maybe that's what it is. The bakery is out. Yeah, although I mean, I mean, it, we don't ever have. We do like, Italian bakeries, like we've gotten cannolis and stuff. Yeah, but we don't do it often. It's like a special occasion. It's also hugely expensive. But there's like one around here, but we still don't go to it. And we also don't have, I mean, we, the difference is I think we feed in bulk when there was just you and I, and then you and I and our daughter, there was a time when we were doing like extravagant when pigs fly bread that was like delicious and perfect. Oh yeah. Now we're feeding industrial levels. So we, we, we we just got to get like Mm -hmm. stuff out there, but, but we never buy a baguette or anything, but I've always, Oh, and baguettes are inexpensive, but yeah, I mean, but we buy stuff from, you know, the Rotten Section Bakery at Market Basket, obviously. True. True. Once again, that's the Rotten Section and um and that's to that's to I, I'm giving the the kids um 
bread and circuses. So, you know, so there's not an uprising. So I right. distract them with the- right. But um, but yeah, I think I think it's kind of out. I think pastries for breakfast is out with the higher end getting coffee out of the house in the morning crowd. You know, like I say, I think Dunkin' Donuts is doing okay with donuts because that group of people is still getting donuts. But I think, you know. I think different places have different things. I, Can you I don't believe, know. You know, the, guess what? The United States, guess what the biggest fast food chain is? Uh, the biggest fast food chain? Mm-hmm. The fact that you're saying it is making me think it's not an obvious one like McDonald's. It is an obvious one. It is McDonald's. Okay. Because um, that's what 40, I would automatically 40,200 locations. But the mm-hmm. second one is Subway with 37,000, which to me is shocking. Because they're two totally different experiences. I also don't know anyone, um, generally speaking, who like eats at Subway regularly. Well, like people, literally, no one. They I must be doing it. I know somebody must be, but I have like not heard. Probably in twenty years, I probably haven't heard somebody say like, "Oh, I'm going to go grab something at Subway to eat." Right. Like I, I really just I haven't. Aside from on some podcasts, <laughs> like I just, I don't know anybody who's like going to eat at Subway. Number three is Starbucks, which in which that is, does make sense to me. But yeah, but it does make sense. But also, listen to this. Listen to their revenue. Starbucks revenue was thirty two point three billion last year, compared to McDonald's was twenty three point two billion, which means people are actually eating at Starbucks. They're not just getting coffees because that's not enough money. Well, or they're getting fancy coffees. If you get a big, like, caramel macchiato at Starbucks, what are you spending? Like, 10 bucks? As much as probably as a Big Mac meal. Number five is KFC. Oh, that was going to be my unconventional guess, actually. Which is $31 billion, I was going to... More than McDonald's. When you said... Which is... Because it's, it is... Kind number of, of locations. Yeah, but when you said... When you said you're not going to believe like what the top yes. fast food place is, that was, and I was thinking like he wouldn't be saying that if it was McDonald's because that's the obvious answer. That's what I was going to guess was KFC actually. Now listen to this. Number six is a Burger King, which is surprising because okay. they don't have any good items other than right. But sometimes that's rings. all that's nearby. Like yes. you went there the other day because I was starving there. and it was right by where you were. Exactly. So like sometimes just out of necessity, they happen to be there and they right. do sell actual, actually like food. So number seven is Pizza Hut, which is interesting to me because I don't know where to find one, but, but <laughs> I don't they, know where to find one and everything so they make is terrible. So they don't even have the Burger King oh, totally. advantage. Number eight is Domino's, which is when you're on the road, Domino's is good because it, consistency. It, yeah. But it's, it's, generally rubbish i mean the yeah, best thing about domino's it's is a they- solid b every time yes and it is. you know exactly what the food will taste like and be like they have the process down to a t there's no yes. i've never had like a d domino's order and you also can order endless sauces mm-hmm. online which is actually nice because i'd be afraid as a fat guy to ask for 63 sauces actually when in philly for the 2016 dnc the domino's driver excoriated me for getting sauces he says you can't have all the sauces he was very angry with me wow but well i had like 23 sauces i'm one fat guy in one crappy motel so now listen to this this is what gets me okay um number 10 is dunkin donuts number 11 is 
Number 11 is Krispy Kreme. Now, number 12, Alice. Listen to this. This tells you that we don't know what the hell we're doing here. Number 12 is a tie between Taco Bell. Okay, makes sense because they're in every KFC. So Right. And Hunt Brothers Pizza. Yeah, don't know where that Never is. Never heard of Hunt Brothers Pizza. Never heard of Hunt Brothers Pizza. Number 13 is Orange Julius, which is shocking to me. 14 is Dairy Queen. 15 is Wendy's. Oh, man. God, somebody give one of these guys a a, uh, a, a recipe. Is DQ on there? It is, yeah. DQ is 14. Okay, because I actually had another story about Dairy Queen. Did you see this? No. Um, so Dairy Queen says this wedding planner. Actually, I think she's on TikTok talking about it in the article I sent you if you want to play her. But um, I can also just fill you in. Um, according to wedding planner and author Cassie Horrell, some Dairy Queen branches offer a blizzard bar as a part of their catering service to have at weddings. So you can have a Dairy Queen sponsored ice cream bar at your wedding instead of like a conventional wedding cake or whatever. I like that. Well, I like it too, but it brings me to an interesting point because I like kind of like different wedding things like having an ice cream sundae bar or not doing a traditional I think meal. that's a great idea. But I- obviously we didn't have a very traditional wedding um, with any of that stuff. But like some people, I've noticed this talking about weddings that they've been to and stuff some people it like annoys them or makes them mad when weddings don't follow the like wedding protocol catered food like you order the I steak think- or the chicken and then you're served a tiny piece of dry cake and then like there's a dj like the some people it literally upsets them when it doesn't follow the like wedding directives maybe they feel that it's a distraction from the pomp and circumstance well and i think some people one two three four this is your. This is your. Okay. Does she talk in it? I don't know. They're dancing. She looks like she's talking. Not the thing at the top of the video. I hope. Yeah. No. What? The TikTok of her yeah. talking? Well, when I, her mouth is moving. No, I see her dancing. So let me try. Okay. This again. Well, let's not worry about it. I'm not that hung up on it because I want to get to the next to the what I want to say about okay. this. Um. I think some people think you're like being cute. Or like, you know, making them buy into your thing. The one I remember that somebody told me they were really upset. They'd been invited to a wedding and it was a um, it was a pig roast. Yes. And it was like a wedding weekend thing. And this was like an all day thing was like having the pig roast. And they felt like put upon. Oh, really? Yeah. That it was like a pig roast and there wasn't any like dressing up and that it was like <laughs> they'd been like roped into this thing that was not not like a real wedding and that i don't know i i don't know if they felt like the couple was like trying to get out of something but i mean i kind of like different wedding things but i think some people it, like annoys them which is interesting to me it, that is yeah i i wouldn't understand like i wouldn't understand that i mean i would see it. the because only they I were like annoyed- what do you mean and they're giving me this plate of all this weird meat and da, 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 like uh, yeah, that's just. I mean, that's somebody with with issues. If they're if they're they're offended by that, I the only thing I don't like with a wedding is when they thoroughly try to soak you. That's it. Yeah, you mean that, when there's like a box with a slot in the top out front? Well, or? not just that, but like, like I remember one time somebody had a wedding. 
um, a, a, a destination wedding. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people couldn't go to that wedding or didn't go to that wedding. So then they had a big wedding party here, too, like stateside. And I thought, really? It's like, come on now. Seems to me that that's a, an effort to uh, pass the uh, sack around a little bit more, which I find to be a little, a tiny bit gauche, Alice. I have, I'm a man of class. Although you can sign up for the Patreon for the, uh, what's the other podcast? The Burn Barrel Podcast. Please do, please. Well, I hate nostalgia because I can't climb up that hill without thinking your name. I hate nostalgia still think about you. It's been so long, I'm so lame I hate nostalgia Hope you hate it too Hope you wonder What am I doing and who I'm pursuing I hope you think I lead A really exotic life The way I think about you You probably have a wife of your job And you go to church on Sundays and Barbecue on weekends out in your backyard And sometimes think about me